What's up, Hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I'm here with Casey, and we are discussing The Walking Dead World Beyond Season 2, Episode 1. And as you all know, this is the final season of this limited series. Hopefully, it's going to tie in with the other two shows, as we've discussed when talking about The Walking Dead, but it's here. Yay! And because we only get 10 episodes of this. So it's like it started, yes, but now the countdown is on. Mm-hmm. But let's see. Let's do a little bit of a refresher from last season. Um, let's see. Hope is gone with Huck, who turns out to be the daughter of the CRM's leader. She is gone with them so that she can try to help them save the world and also reunite with her father. Iris and Felix are off on their own now since Hope has left them and Huck has left. Um, I think Elton, Elton was with Percy last time we saw him, who, you know, we discovered was alive. And that's, you know, that's another way that we found out that Hook was a traitor because she actually tried to kill him, killed his uncle and blamed it on Silas, who has now turned himself into the CRM because he thinks he's a danger and a threat to everyone else. Okay, let's see. Um, Hope and Iris's father, Dr. Bennett, is sleeping with the woman who is conducting experiments on people. And we think that might be either where Rick Grimes was or somewhere near where Rick, I don't know, Rick Grimes ties into this somehow because I think one of the people that she was working on at the end of the season was one of her colleagues. Don't know why or how he ended up as zombie bait or a guinea pig, but he's there. And I think, was he a B or an A? He was, you know, those designations that Jadis used to be. Okay. So we don't know what's going on with that, but I think that pretty much catches us up with the main people from the show, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So before we get into the episode, what were your thoughts on episode one? Okay. <laughs> so I like that we got to see more into the CRM when they destroyed that. I'm not sure which town that was. That first town. Omaha. That was Omaha. So Omaha. when. when it, it was because they went back they did a flashback mm-hmm. um so we got to see and, and it was like a man who had escaped and was like basically help, like help me and they killed him <laughs> i'm like oh y'all is dirty 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 y'all don't want nobody to survive none of these cities like y'all just going through eliminating everybody and the thing is we still don't know why yet so in, in seeing this at Fix your face. Fix your face. I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> Fix your face. I ain't but saying nothing. But in doing this, it's like, like you got to remember we episode one, not knowing, you know, future episodes was coming right. out. But you're like, what, what's the purpose? Because we've always learned through, through, um, you know, Walking Dead and uh, Fear, your greatest resource is people. Right, exactly. So why are you killing all the people? They haven't turn they haven't been bit they haven't you know you're killing off a major resource girl there's almost a hundred thousand people in omaha yes they killed and then they turn yes. around and killed the campus colony so yeah i you know when when i was watching this and i was trying to figure out what they were doing i was like okay they're about to blow up something i didn't even think about the fact that omaha was occupied because I'm looking at it at first and I see this big old wall and everything. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe something happened. And then of course you see the herd coming this big, um, as Elizabeth calls it, column, you know, approaching the city. And then I was like, wait, they just led that column to the city because you see the one soldier come up and you see them put themselves to the helicopter. And And I was like, oh, hold up. Y'all on some whole shady shit here. Like, you just destroyed that city. We already know you killed the campus colony. But to what end? Y'all just out here destroying people. And and she kind of sort of looks like she has qualms. I won't say she has qualms about doing it because we see that Elizabeth can be pretty cold and pretty calculated. But she does look like she has a little bit of 
regret about it. Like she's not happy that they're having to do this. So something tells me it has to be something important. I didn't get that at all. If you look at her face, she kind of sort of looks like, because I think she feels the same way too. Like people are a resource, but I also have a feeling if you think about the way the guy looked when he crawled up to them, Mm -hmm. He looked like he had been burned. He didn't, he wasn't zombified. It looked like he was turning into one, but he was still alive. So I'm starting to wonder if they were experimenting on people and he got out and maybe they had to shut everything down because of that. Now that doesn't explain the campus colony, right? but I mean, if the campus colony was kind of sort of in that way, like you can't just unleash a huge horde like that and then expect to turn it. You know, not too many people can do that. I mean, our people on the on the main show had a hard enough time with the Whisperers horde, you know, trying to get them over the cliff. Right. So I'm just like, I have so many questions. And that was only the first, like, three minutes of the show. <laughs> but, you know, I think because I, I already have such a, a, a bias out about Elizabeth because, like, she dirty. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't believe the remorse or you know whatever you saw in her face i'm just looking at her like she's a cold bitch you know so i don't, I don't i'm not feeling that soft uh karen i agree because she's not even soft and caring with her damn daughter like i wanted to see if you was gonna go help her like if i did what you was gonna kill me mama damn mama <laughs> talk about mommy dearest mama you was gonna kill me if i wouldn't help this girl i just wanted to see what you was gonna do well, I will just say, having seen the other episodes now, right now uh, on AMC Plus, we're up to episode five, uh-huh. I think, already. So having seen those episodes and just a little bit of conversations that they had, like those two, they don't really talk much because there is like a huge tension between them. But I'm starting to suspect that there's a reason why Elizabeth is the mm-hmm. way she is with Hook. I don't know yet. I don't know quite everything yet but i have a feeling there's a reason why she acts that way i'm sure we're gonna she probably hate her baby daddy or something (laughs) i hope it's not as uh, as petty as that we in a damn zombie apocalypse the pool for baby daddies is not most baby daddy before the world turned to hell so because her pretty old so (laughs) don't look that old to me i mean and I don't know if I would. She probably, she probably would like Hope and Iris is probably. Well, they were because they was little when the apocalypse started. Remember? So yeah, they, they were, were like older, six or seven. So is older than them. So yeah, but she could still be like in her. I would say maybe early thirties because um, Iris and Hope are like sixteen. Right, which means she doesn't had a good so, chunk of years to. You know, have a normal, a normal, how normal, how normal of a life can you have with Elizabeth as a mom? But she had a normal life, you know, prior to the apocalypse. Because I'm sure Elizabeth mm-hmm. ain't changed that much. She's a colonel or whatever the fuck her rank is for a reason. So I'm sure she's always been this person, you know, for, you know, prior to us getting to where we are now. Right. You're right. But this episode, you know, aside from the way that it started with the killing of the city of Omaha, which, as we later find out, that's one of the three partner cities. It's supposed to be Omaha, the CRM, and Portland. So I was like, oh, this is what y'all do with people that y'all signed a treaty with? But of course, they had just signed a treaty with the campus colony, too. So, uh, or what was it, an alliance treaty, peace treaty, whatever the case it was. Oh, okay. So I see what y'all's peace treaty. We about means. to kill y'all. Mm-hmm. Y'all about to die, girl. That what that mean? Don't you believe it? Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, one of the things that I forgot to mention in our recap: Felix and Will are reunited. Oh yeah. Will was apparently trying to escape from the CRM because they had brought him out on some mission with the intent of killing him. And they killed the other guy he was with. He happened to get away. He was founded by this group of people who belonged to a community called the Perimeter. 
And they were out scouting or, or looking for something when they came across Felix and Iris. So yay, we get a reunion. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because this group, the perimeter, they live in an old artist colony before the fall. This little neighborhood was created. It was full of artists. And then somehow they have some kind of agreement with the CRM. So apparently what happens is any stragglers who come along and get too close to the CRM's research facility, the people from the perimeter stave them off, meaning they have some kind of way of keeping people from heading in that direction. And in exchange for that, the CRM leaves the perimeter alone. They don't interfere in their neighborhood. They don't come to the neighborhood. They provide food, goods, and other resources. So I'm sitting here like, okay, that's kind of a good arrangement to have, but at the same time... How long before they kill them off? (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's the real question. How long before uh, murderous Elizabeth comes through (laughs) and be like, you know what? This arrangement's not going to work anymore. And y'all got to that. Girl. But there were so many things I liked about this episode. Um, First, let me just go ahead and get this off my chest. I know I'm not their type, but Will and Felix both, Lord, and just Will alone, that is a fine, beautiful black man right there. Hey, girl. Them eyebrows, like, okay. Like, right. He's very and well um, put together for somebody in a zombie apocalypse. Girl. <laughs> and that, that skin tone, oh, little chocolate man. Just and beautiful. Chocolate man. Beautiful. But I love the dynamic in this episode with them because you really get to see Felix kind of break down for the first time ever. And it was just like that scene, that that little scene, even though it was so short, that was so beautiful. I was just like, oh, right. I was like, hug him, make him feel better. Because it's like they're hearing all of this stuff at once. They find Will they find out that Will had to escape fleeing for his life because the CRM is after him. And then on top of that, they find out about the campus colony being gone. Mm -hmm. Like they were just there weeks ago. This was their home. This was where they had been for the last 10 years. And now it's just gone. And everybody they know. Everybody that they know, gone. Will had even thought that they were dead. Because he didn't yeah. know. And he only found out because of hearing what the people on the truck were talking about before they decided, oh, yeah, we got to kill him. So it's a lot for Felix to think about. And then, of course, you know, not only you find out that your I don't even know if they're just boyfriend, fiance, husband, whatever the case may be, but your significant other has fled for his life. The person who you consider a father figure may still be in danger. You don't know. And now one of his daughters who he entrusted her safety to you is also on her way there with the person that you thought was your best friend and ended up being a traitor. It's just a lot. He has the breakdown. It's Drama. Just Girl. Just too the much. Soap opera. Too much. And then Miss Iris. Okay, so... When this episode, I mean, I'm proud of her, but at the same time, she's getting on my goddamn nerves. You know, I don't even know if I want to say she's getting on my nerves, but it's one of those things where they focus a lot of, on Iris in this episode. And at first, I was kind of like, okay, so what y'all doing with Hope? But I think what they're doing is they're trying to show us what the two girls are like apart, you know, mm-hmm. because we saw them last season, one of the big themes of last season was them being a team, being sisters, having each other's back. You know, that was Mm -hmm. one of the things that I said I actually loved about last season was the fact that instead of putting these two girls, pitting them against each other, they basically showed us how they need one another, you know? Mm -hmm. So I like that about that season, but of course now we're starting with them being separated. So Iris is having weird dreams. (laughs) But you remember in first she season, forget. I was going to say first season, she had a bunch of dreams. She had a never bunch realized of what they were, even, you know, they never really explained what they meant. And they haven't even still with this only difference. Now she pulled the face off and it was a um, CRM person. 
CRM guard or whatever. I think just just thinking about where they are in this episode, you know, like I said, her sister is gone, taken by the enemy, taken by the enemy that they thought was a friend. She's finding herself alone now. Like she doesn't have any of her family around with her now. Her dad is gone. Now her sister is gone. So it's just her, Felix and Will. And I really think that dream was just kind of one of those things where it's telling her, okay, this is who your real enemy is. Yeah, the walkers are bad, but the CRM are a little bit worse. I mean, think about the way we looked at the whispers. The whispers were people under the walker mask, and they were way worse than the walkers were. Very. I kind of look at the CRM in the same way, and I feel like that kind of symbolism is the same with this dream that Iris is having. Like, oh, yeah, the dead are bad, but the living people behind the something way worse yeah, the living people behind the mask are the ones you really need to worry about. Okay, that makes sense. I can see that. Okay. So she and Felix have this little talk. Of course, they can't sleep. They're both, you know, I think it's strange for them being someplace where they may be safe because, of course, the perimeter has taken them in because they were the ones who took in Will. And so by extension, they're taking in Iris and Felix. But I think at the same time, they have way too much on their minds for them to be able to sleep or be like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm in a bed for the first time in weeks. You know, we have to remember these creature comforts are not really foreign to them because they grew up with it over the last few years right. in the campus colony. Right. So I think right now, Iris has gone through a bit of a metamorphosis, to say the least. <laughs> and we see that. From the beginning of the episode all the way to the end, especially the end, like Iris is basically like, okay, I need to figure this shit out. I need to get my sister. I need to get my dad. I need to get my family back. She turned into a regular Rick Grimes. <laughs> right? I don't think she's quite that far yet. Okay, maybe, maybe, a, a, um, Car- no, Carl, Carl was way beyond. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. She turned no, into- no. But speaking of the sister, we do have Hope in this episode, and she's on the helicopter with Elizabeth and with Huck, and this is when she finds out about the campus colony, and it's very evident that Huck is finding out, too. Now, this is the thing I will say about Huck, okay? I kind of put Huck in, she kind of reminds me of... Theon Greyjoy from the Game of Thrones, (laughs) whereas she had this community of people who cared for her, who loved her, who took her in, who made her a part of their community, you know, just looking at the story that she gave them from last season. So she had this family, but we turn around and we find out she has this mom who is part of this CRM, not only part of it, she leads it. And she was doing this mission for her mom. And you see the way that she acts, because again, I look a lot at how people's facial reactions are, their body language. You can tell she's very uncomfortable, like she's doing what she needs to do to put up fronts against her mom. But I get the feeling that she really does care about Hope as a person. She really did care about Felix and Iris. She's just doing what she thinks she needs to do because she really believes in what the CRM says that they're doing which is they're trying to find a cure for this zombie apocalypse. They're trying to find a cure to keep people from becoming zombies. So in her mind, yes, I lied. I deceived them, but I did it for a good reason. Because you can tell even in this situation that she's not comfortable. She's upset about the fact that the campus colony is gone, even though she's trying to hide it from her mom. She is upset because that is where she has been for the last few years. And then Elizabeth pulls this whole bullshit to hope about, yeah, we want you to come to us, but we want it to be your choice. You have Elizabeth make me sick. Yeah, she does. It's like she testing everybody around her. Like you testing your daughter, you testing hope. Like she she always testing somebody, trying to see what they go. Because remember, even last season, she tested old boy when he was complaining about what they did at the campus colony and she had him killed. So it's like she she's one of those don't don't I'm I'm gonna test you if you fail this test that's it for you because you 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 tested your own daughter trying to see what whether the you know she made connections with the people that she was with of course she did but yeah she still know you're her mom she know you she know your little tricks like yeah she didn't know my nurse right 
And so what, what she does is instead of taking Hope back to the CRM, taking her to her father like she had promised, she brings her to Albany, New York. And she says that this is where she was when everything fell. And basically what she's doing, like you said, she's, she's going to test Hope. She wants Hope to make the decision to come to the CRM because she wants her to see that a future out here on your own is no kind of future at all. So what she does is she gives Hope her book bag, she gives her radio, and she leaves her alone. She basically makes her go. She's like, okay, you want to go back or you want to do this? Go. There's only one way out of this city and that's through the bridge and you would have to go through a bunch of the dead. So good luck. Call us on the radio if you change your mind. I was like, bitch, what? And of course, she's too new into the world to, our people could have made it through. I'm like, oh, go to the city? No problem. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? But this person who's new and fresh and only been in the world a couple weeks. No, she don't know. She don't know. She she, And she's young. She's only 16. And she don't know the tricks, you know, that we, like, we would be able to get through because we've watched The Walking Dead. But, you know, as a young person, hell, she barely made it through the little building they was in. Right. And again, that's because they have lived a pretty sheltered life over the last 10 years. She didn't have to grow up like Carl or like Beth, Mm. you know, or like Lydia, Mm. like Enid. She didn't have to grow up like them. Right. But yeah, so Elizabeth sends her out into the city, just basically like, oh, okay, you think you want, you want to go find your sister? You want to go find Felix? Okay, go. And I was really, really hoping that Hope would get through it and just reunite with her sister and like, okay, you know what? We're going to find some other way to bring this bitch down. But But you know what? Hope is smart. Hope is smart. Because she knows. We know. That's the whole reason why they want her. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, yeah, you can put me through every test that you want to put me through. You think you're playing me. You know what I mean? But okay, Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, it's just like hope is playing the long game. Yeah, I I think that's what she's doing. But I think she might have played it a little bit differently if she hadn't have gotten injured in this episode. Because what happens is she walks her way through the city. She finds another high school, you know, kind of like they did last season. And she's walking through the high school and she gets into a tussle with a walker and she kills it, but it knocks her down the stairs and she hits her head. And I can already tell, I'm like, oh yeah, she has a concussion because she's starting to envision things. And I'm going to be honest, I was so confused at first because, because what happens is she sees a missing persons poster on the high school walls. And I'm guessing this is right at the start of the fall. One of the teenage girls who went there, she, she you know, was missing. And at some point while Hope is walking through the school, she walks into this area and she's trying to avoid some walkers. And she comes across this girl who attacks her. And at first I thought that was really the girl because, I mean, she was having a full out fight with her and screaming with her. And it turns out the girl was just a figment of her imagination because of the concussion. I was like, hold up. Like, y'all started to make me think I'm fucked up in the head. What? Wait, the girl wasn't real? No, she was not real. Shut up. She was not real. Hold on. Because what happened is when they were fighting and, you know, Hope was trying to tell her, please don't make me do this. Please don't make me do this. You remember she pushed her into the walkers uh-huh. and the walkers started eating at her. Uh-huh. I think she turned her head or she shook her head or something. And when she looked back at the fence, there was no girl there. The walkers were still just clawing, trying to get to hope. That's why I was like, wait a minute, y'all just fucked me up. What the hell? So this person that she see in this shadow is not real. This person that you think is chasing her. Oh, you know what? Because there's a, there's a cloud around her. Mm-hmm. It's a figment of her imagination. I think it's kind of sort of like her self-conscious talking to her, trying to get her to go. It's kind of like she knows that I think in Hope's mind, she wants to go find her sister. She wants to go find Felix. Right. But I think her subconscious is trying to tell her, yo, you need to go with them because there's more you can do here. And I think that's just that was just a way of that part of her brain manifesting itself. And when she's sitting there fighting. She was like, why are you doing this? She was like, I want what you have. You have food and clothes. You have shelter. And then you have nothing. 
And I think part of that was supposed to be for hope, like, okay, look, this is what you really want. You need to go be where you can get some food, where you can get some shelter, where you can find your dad, where you can figure this out. But she's not going to figure out anything here, being alone, being scared, being uncertain of what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that was supposed to be that girl, but I think it was also in a way kind of like a manifestation of herself as well. Yeah. Because the girl keeps talking to her. She's like, you could have done so many things at the start. You should have done them. But she calls her, her you know, by her name. You, you could have done it, Candace, but you didn't. Right. And so I think this is just hope going back and forth between her own conscience. Like, you know, you have that devil on one shoulder. You have that angel on the other shoulder. And both of them are whispering in your ear, telling you what to do. I kind of felt like that's what this was. Because one of them is just trying to make it. And the other one is just trying to. You know, well, both of them are actually trying to make it. But the Candace person, I feel like, is what hope would be if she stayed out there on her own. That's what she would turn to. But then, yeah, you look at it and the girl is being torn apart by the walkers. After a while, Hope puts her head down in her lap and she's covering her ears and she wakes up and she's in this vision. And she's kind of hallucinating. So she's in this, I guess it's supposed to be her dad's office at the campus colony after it's been run through or whatever, because it looks really, really wrecked. And she starts having flashbacks of the last time she saw him there. And I think this is when she's passing out during this concussion she's having is when she's going back to these flashbacks. And then she picks up the book and it says, my girls, I made it safely here. It was basically the book that she and Iris were keeping their dad's messages, which as you remember, he wasn't the one that was actually sending them. So I think at this point, this is where she's like, okay, she has to make a decision. She's like, okay, either my dad is okay or he's not, but he didn't send me these messages. They sent us these messages to make us go on this quest right. to find him. Right. And I think it was because they wanted they wanted hope out of the campus colony so that whatever happened to the campus colony happened. Right. But she wakes up. And again, like I said, there is no girl. There's no remains. Not. There's no nothing. So that was all in her head. Because she would have became a walker and then been in that room. You right. Mm-hmm. I missed that. I legit thought there was a person there. Okay. Yeah, no. So I th- I really think that was just the other side of her subconscious fighting with her, her saying, okay, you know what? You don't need to do this alone. You don't need to do this scared. Get somewhere safe. Get somewhere where you can think and where you can mm-hmm. really put your mind to work. Okay. Yeah. And then you got to think about it. If she's like that, she she goes back to Elizabeth and she was like, yeah, you know, I realized that you were right. I can't make it out here by myself, but I'm not just going to sit here and just, you know, she basically tells her, I'm not, I'm not going to be a little lap dog, that sort of thing. She was like, look, I want to make things work. I want to see if we can do something better, but I'm not going to be just doing anything and everything. Right. But that Elizabeth, I, I'm like you said, when, when they were sitting there that night, of course, Huck is pacing because she's worried about Hope. Mm-hmm. Legitimately. Because even though she was a little snake, at the end of the day, she had a connection with Hope. Even, you know, even when the, what, you know, like police or whatever go undercover, they still make these con- human connections with people. So even though she's a spy, basically, you know, she still, she saw herself in Hope, I think. A lot of herself in hope, which is why her and hope kind of connected so well. But you still a spy, boo. Yeah, that doggone Elizabeth. Let me tell you, let me just say that when it finally comes, I have a feeling she is going to get exactly what she deserves in a way that is going to be so satisfying. In a way that only the walking dead can. Yes, ma'am. The way it does all its villains, except for Nia. Oh, so going back to our people who are in perimeter. So we go back to where we see Will telling them about what happened in the campus column. And he's basically giving them a rundown. Like he was waiting on a security update, I guess, from Omaha. And he says that he just kind of, he kept harping on it. Like 
hey, I'm supposed to be getting this security update from Omaha. I haven't gotten it yet. Can someone tell me? And it was one of those things where he's a dog with a with a bone to grind and he just wouldn't let it go. So I think at some point they were like, okay, he's asking too many questions. Mm-hmm. We need to get rid of him. So they pulled him to do this mission with this other guy. And I think he said that he just realized they both realized while they were on this trip, oh, something's not quite right. So of course they make an escape. They run into the woods. The other guy gets shot. Will barely avoids getting shot, but he runs into the woods and he is able to escape them. And he says that he saw the helicopters with the shipping containers and the shipping containers were from the campus colony. It was, wasn't just food and stuff, but it was, you know, computers and all this other stuff. And he said a lot of it was covered in blood. And I think that's when they realized that, oh, wait, what is gone? The whole thing is gone. And watching them realize that, like, Felix is like, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, blood, blood? And then Will said, yeah, I heard them call it a salvage mission, said something about uh, shit being messed up by the giant column that ran through. And he says a few days later, they found me talking about the perimeter people, took me in. He joined a hunting party to help out when he ran into them. And they're like, so we don't have a home to go back to when all this is over with. Nope. You don't have nothing to go back to. And of course, by the end of the episode, Iris is like, hold up. Um... Y'all did this shit. Yeah. You were mad. You took my daddy. You took my sister. You took my home. You took my this. You, 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 somebody about to pay. Man. Yeah. She was on. And you can tell she's she's thinking about this while he's telling them that because he was like, they were after me because I kicked the hornet's nest. I asked too many questions. And she was like, but why would the CRM lie about something? And, you know, Will's like, I don't know. And you can already see the gears turning in her head. She's like, hold up. Something ain't right about this shit. But I think it's at that moment that Iris changed because you could see, you know, when they get to the thug, girl, Iris is like, you know what? I'm so tired of y'all fucking my life up. That's what she said. I'm about to burn it all down. To the ground. I just... I like Iris. I like her in that she's very determined. Like we like determined people because the, the determined people are the people who gonna go out there and get the shit done, no matter mm-hmm. what it is. Because even like we see at the end of this episode, she get her first human kill. Mm-hmm. She, she started off early. You know, we had some of our people like even in The Walking Dead that didn't even get a kill until the satellite station. Right. You know, so she started off very early and I don't know if, because to me, I didn't think she was going to kill old boy at first. I thought it was more like, a, you know how you, you just surveilling, trying to see what you could see, but no, you cold bloody killed this man. I mean, yeah, she I was going to have to because they were too close to the perimeter colony. Remember what they said, if the CRM got any wind that they were there. that might cause a problem especially if they find will yeah but i think the thing with iris that makes her very determined is if you remember the very first episode of the series you know she was the i think she was the student body president she was the one that was writing the speech and she was the one welcoming the crm for Mm -hmm. their treaty day and all this other stuff and she you know it's kind of like she was all in for the CRM and what they could do for them, you know, the campus colony. And Hope was the one who was kind of like, you know, when Elizabeth's helicopter landed, she was the one that was stuck on the bus and flipping her off and stuff. And now I think we kind of see that maybe changing a little bit. Like Iris, I feel like she is more determined because she feels like, maybe the way that she was about them at first was wrong. Yeah. You know, like she feels like, oh, I believed in them. I thought that they would do great things. And then they've been the ones to take my family away from me. They're the ones who are trying to kill someone else who, I mean, let's face it, Will is part of their family. They've all said as much. So they're trying to kill someone else who is a part of my family. They just took my sister. And it's just a whole bunch of, I think at this point, she's just doing it because she's pissed 
that she was naive about them, mm. even though it wasn't her fault. You know, the CRM talks a pretty good game. Yeah. And they did what they were supposed to do. They gained their trust. And, and again, she was 15, 16. She can't be faulted for thinking that they were sincere in what they were doing. But now she's kind of like, okay, you know what? I'm about to fuck all y'all up. She's pissed. And I don't blame her. Especially once you find out that Huck, the person who's supposed to be your friend protecting you, she's one of them. And she did it so that she could try and take your sister. And not only that, oh, yeah, you know what? Those messages you were getting from your dad, yeah, he wasn't sending them. What? So y'all got us out here in this shit on purpose. And I mean, Elizabeth even says as much. We had to make you make that journey so you could see what the world is really like. So that you would have more motivation to come and help us fix it. Bitch, y'all could have just asked. That part. I couldn't ride in the helicopter to just get, <laughs> get the quick ride. No, y'all want me to go through some shit. Nah. Y'all couldn't give this to us in a PowerPoint presentation. I mean, obviously, if y'all are salvaging computers and other things from the campus colony, y'all, y'all got the means to do it. Y'all could have. But then again, I have to think about it too. Given the way that this world is, they are in 2021 with 2009-2010 tech. <laughs> if you look at it like that, like, can you imagine being in that world? There's no social media. There's no TikTok. There's no Hamilton. There's no MCU. <laughs> I mean, they just... Oh, I'm, you I'm so glad I grew up when I did. <laughs> <laughs> right. No zombie apocalypse for us. We're not going to be able to do it. Yeah, but I, I think Iris is just, I just think she's determined. She's just determined. That's an understatement. Mm-hmm. She's she more than determined. She pissed off. So determination plus pissed off activity ain't yeah. that's not a word, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Just being that mad, like, you know how, like, say you friends with somebody, and once you get that realization that they ain't the person that you thought th- that they were, and so now you replaying all this shit in your mind, you're like, this motherfucker. Girl, like, try doing that about somebody you've been married to. Oh, my God. Oh, girl, oh. But it's just like, who, who is this person? So now... First, you feel bad because, like, how was I so stupid and not realize? And then once you realize you were stupid, you get mad as hell. Like, you really played me for a dumbass and and got over on me. So basically, you came to our town, gave my sister this little map direction saying, oh, try to go find your dad because you got this cryptic ass message. But you used all that just to get us to leave. So now you can come back, kill everybody we know steal our supplies and then try to make me better for the world for your colony right we gotta fight we go in the middle of the street we have to fight. come on we about to fight. but here's the thing see they spent all that time and energy because they thought that hope was the end all be all like oh she's the smart one she's gonna be the one to help save they don't realize how smart iris is too iris then sat here and decoded this whole damn book she's like <laughs> she was like, yeah, once we rescue my dad and my sister, we're going to take all y'all shit and get the fuck on. And they're going to be like, I saw that. I said, all right, smarty. Yeah, but I mean, we knew she was smart. Yeah, we did. But we remember, we, we, that, that's right. They only think that it's hope. They only but remember that's we found true. out at the end of like, what last season that it was yeah. it, it's come um, power twins activate that's what exactly exactly so yeah you, exactly. Got, you got a smart iris but you've been getting this smart ass hope over here and with them two minds other way around other way around you know what i mean you, got- <laughs> you know who i mean but you you get them two together but now keep in mind you got now you got one pissed off sister and the other one who is also upset but ain't letting you own that she upset because, you know, that even though they're not twins, they are like twins. They have that same mind where, nah, it, it ain't going to go down like you think it's going to go down. You yeah. Know? yeah you, 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 I, you're a means to an end at the end of the day for, for, right. for hope. Iris is mad. So Iris don't give a damn at this point. 
I know. But yeah, so then you, okay, so talking about a pissed off hope. You got this doggone Hook to come in. You, you send Hook in, or maybe Hook went on her own or whatever, to try to go in and talk to her, check on her, and, you know, this is a good place, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. Hook is lucky she didn't get punched because you done lied to me for how many years? In my face. You done drug me on this mission, this, excuse me, this quote, unquote, mission, and you want me to work with you talking about if you ever want to see Iris and Felix again, we got to get on the same page or something. Excuse me. Why are you talking to me? And I mean, I understand what she was trying to tell her. Again, I really feel like Huck feels bad about everything. But it's one of those things where you feel bad about it. But at the same time, you are trying to. And I don't even know if it's trying. Like I said, I don't know if she's trying to please her mother because her mother they have such an antagonistic relationship, but her mom, her mom is also still in charge. And one thing we have learned about these types of relationships with people who are in charge when they have family members who are under their command or whatever, sometimes if it comes down to it, they're not going to pick the family member over. Nope. And I kind of feel like that's the way things are with Elizabeth and Hook right now, like I said, I feel like there's something under the surface there, mm-hmm. you know, because even last season when we found out about Hook's duplicity and she went to go meet with her mom and they, I think they were having dinner and they mentioned something about the dad. It was almost like the whole Lydia and Alpha type thing where it's like, mm-hmm. that's your mom. And you love her because it's your mom, but it's not like if you had a choice between the mom and the dad being the present parent, the dad is the choice you would have made. Like, I really feel like Huck had a better relationship with her father and maybe something happened. I don't know what happened to her dad, but her dad is obviously not in the picture. And whatever that was, it kind of maybe strained things between them. But she's, you know, I get the feeling that she doesn't really care about her mom in that sense. But just like any child would, she still wants to please her mom. That's kind of the in-between I feel there. Like she wants to be this persona that she created to infiltrate the campus colony. She wants to be Huck. But in reality, she's Jennifer. She's Elizabeth's daughter. She's part Mm -hmm. of the CRM. And I kind of sort of feel like she's trying to tip that line. Like she's doing what she needs to be doing for her mom, but she's still trying to keep her toe over on that campus colony side of the line. You know how your parents have the upper hand, but you still want to make, I'm still my own person. I'm still have my own identity and I still have my own feeling on, you know, this whole situation. So yeah, I did this for you or not you per se, but I did this for our community. But at the end of the day, I'm still my own person. So like when they were on top of that building, they were talking about Hope and, you know, her determining whether or not she was going to go after and try to save Hope, whatever, whatever. In Huck's mind, she know her mama. She knows she cares for Hope and she knows she don't want nothing to happen to Hope. But at the end of the day, she's her mother's daughter. And she already knows that if I, if, if I do try to go out and hope, I know the wrath of my mom. The same mm-hmm. way Lydia would know the wrath of her mom. Like, that's still your mom. At the end of the day, that's your mama, you know? Yeah. So regardless of what kind of tests they put you through or situations that they put you in, you know, you still going to feel some type of way because that's your mom. No matter, as we saw with the, uh, you know, relationship with Lydia and, and Alpha, like, even though you know she did all these horrible things she would still say that's still my mom you know I know she gotta die but that's still my mom you know I know she's this evil whatever person she's still my mom so we have that with Huck and Elizabeth not to that extreme of course at least not yet at least not yet (laughs) not yet yet. yeah you know we still have that where you're still trying to please this person because you know us as daughters we all look up to our moms they can do no wrong they're the you know they're up on this pedestal as Mm -hmm. our parent you know so even you know even though when we're adults you know even now our parents are still up on this you know that my mama 
you know? So if your mom be like, hey, I need you to go infiltrate, you're going to be like, what? But that's your mama. You're like, well, you know, mothers have the power of persuasion, you know, because we got kids too. <laughs> so we be like, baby, just, just go and do it for me. They ain't going to complain, but they're going to do it. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's always going to be that I, I'm, I'm trying to make my parents happy. You know, that's, right. that's you know, growing up, it's always, even as adult children, you're always want to make sure you don't do nothing to upset your parents or make them look at you in the old kind of way or, you know, whatever. And right. even though this is a TV show, it's still the same. You still have that relationship where you're trying to make sure you keep your parents happy. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the things about not just this show, but all of the Walking Dead shows in general, again, they're not about the zombies. They're not about the walkers. They're about the people and those who are trying to hold on to their humanity or those who are adapting with the way the world has changed. So, yeah, definitely. I think those things as far as like wanting to please our parents and stuff, that's instinctual, you know, and it has to be a really, really, really fucked up parent to sever that with a child because I know plenty of people who don't deserve to have relationships with their children because of the way that they've treated them, at least in our eyes. I mean, think about there was a news story recently, like in the last two days of this parent in Texas who her and her boyfriend left her kids in an apartment by themselves. And three of the kids were living with the corpse of their nine-year-old brother in another room. Yeah, I saw that. Who the fuck does that? But this child was still like when the mom would show up with whatever food she was bringing them or whatever, he's still doing what he has to do because this is his mom. And it just got to a point where he was like, I can't do this anymore. Right. But it took a year for him to get to that point, probably because he didn't want to get his mama in trouble. You're going to be in trouble today. So... I mean, because how do you not care that your kids, we're getting a whole nother thing. Okay. That's a whole other show. But, you know, I just brought that example up just to say that even when parents fuck children up so bad, that instinct is still there. That's my mama. That's my daddy. And you hold on to that. And I just, I just don't know how well that's going to work out for Huck because her mama seemed to be a little bit on the cuckoo side. And I don't know. And I'm, well, I'm not saying because she's not like an alpha. Okay. She's not like the governor, but, and the other thing too, I think we have to remember and, and, you know, this is, this is me playing that devil's advocate. As you know, I like to do sometimes, but we also have to remember Elizabeth is really not the one in charge. She reports to somebody else. Uh, General Bill, I think is his name. So there's someone else who is over her that she has to report to. So maybe in order to keep herself from getting killed or taken out of the equation, she has to be a little bit tougher on Jennifer and the other people that she command because if she can't keep control of what she has... (laughs) then they'll take it from her and give it to somebody else and put somebody else in that position that may not have a familial attachment that she has to look over. You know, the next Elizabeth may not have a daughter alive that she has to command or keep in line or whatever the situation is with them. So we always have to keep that in mind too. And that's another reason why I feel like sometimes I don't really think Elizabeth really wants to do the really, really horrible stuff. I mean, think about it. After what happened with the campus colony, what happened? She was in her apartment. She was watching TV and stuff, and she was crying. So I think she has a conscience, but I think her I think her sense of self-preservation is probably bigger than her conscience <laughs> at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that kind of has to trickle down. Like, okay, I understand Jennifer is my daughter, but if we don't do things the way that we've been told to do, then she might not be alive either. True. That's true. So, hmm. so I, I'm just, you know, that that's that's my little devil's advocate playing, but I still think Elizabeth is a bitch. Hello. Let's just get that out the way. Yeah, let's put that back. She's let's still there. And and the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree because Huck in this conversation that she's having with Hope, she was like, Look, I'm just saying, 
you don't have it so bad here. She said, but if the CRM finds out that you guys were able to decode their intel, if they find out that y'all knew that I was supposed to kill Felix and Iris and I didn't, I'm not sure which way this will go. So it's kind of like you're making threats, but you're not making threats. You're just, you're trying to warn her. And I understand that. But I mean, even hope calls are out on it. She was like, do you think I'm an idiot? You're just trying to cover your ass. That part. You know? That's that's what I was going to say. Yeah, she feel that way a little bit, but she's just trying to make sure she don't get her ass in trouble. Right. And she was like, why should I screw you with your life the way you screw with mine? And she's like, I just told you, if you go to her, you're putting not only a target on your back, on mine, your dad's, Felix's, Iris's, everybody is going to get in trouble, you know? And she tells her too, she was like, you're going to have to lie to your dad and tell him you don't know where Felix or Iris is. And I know Hope is like, bitch, what? Like you're starting to get on my motherfucking nerves with this shit. (laughs) But that's the thing you got to tell her because her whole purpose in coming there was to make sure her dad was safe. So now that she knows her dad is safe, why would she do something to jeopardize that? You know, and Huck is trying to, she's trying to convince her of that. And like I said, I really feel like she was sincere in caring about Hope and caring about all of them. And you even see a little bit of that when she's walking off because Hope is like, yeah, you don't care about us, blah, 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 blah. And as she's walking off, she's like, happy birthday, kid, because it's Hope's birthday. And I was like, okay. In a time when calendars don't really matter, watches, the time, the fact that y'all kept track enough, that you kept track enough to know it was her birthday. It's past midnight, happy birthday. And it's just like, huh? No, it's one of them. Thank you, motherfucker. Like, I, I thank you, but you know, <laughs> like you're still a dirty. I, I get it. But for me, it's just like, and I know, again, we say people are a resource. You don't want to make an enemy where it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. But I'd be like, fuck her. And that rhymed. Fuck her. Yeah, but you know. I know, but she's going to use her. I mean, we realize later on she's a means to an end. But, you know, her ain't on my good list right now. Like, she got some making up to do. But then I guess that's... We have a lot of people who could be on that list. Tara, for one. You know what I mean? We have a lot of people who who started off bad. But you know what? Technically speaking, Tara didn't start off bad. If you think about it, Tara started off as a person who was with her family. And this Brian person comes in, Mm. basically gets with her sister, starts telling them all stuff about this group. She was following because she trusted him. And she thought he was trying to keep them safe. But notice as soon as she realized when she started hearing Rick talk and Rick was like, yo, we can do this together. We can make this work. She told the girlfriend, she was like, I don't know if we should be doing this. And the girlfriend was like, no, we're doing this. They're the bad guys. We need what they have. Girlfriend ended up dead. Tara didn't because Tara was like, I can't do this. You know what I'm saying? She was with the governor's people, but I don't know. Right. And think about it. When Glenn found her, she was willing to just stay there. She was like, look, I was on the other side of this. And Glenn was like, but you're here right now and we need to go. And think about it. From the moment Glenn trusted her enough to bring her with him, she was with them. But yeah. she, I don't I never considered Tara as part of the bad group. She was part of the uninformed. She was following Brian because that's who she knew. That's who she trusted. And she thought he was trying to do right by her sister and her niece, which he really was. He was just doing it in a fucked up way. (laughs) And she realized that it was like, yo, I don't want part of this. And then her sister, her niece were gone. She was like, man, fuck you. I'm gonna go over here and hide, you know? But yes, I, I don't look at Tara as evil or as part of the bad guys. Huck is different because Huck actually did kill people in her mission. She tried to kill Percy. She killed his uncle. Who knows who else she may have killed back on the campus or as they were trying to get to Omaha. She could have killed other people as well. So, oh, and you know what? I just sat here and thought about, you know how I said I felt like there was something between Elizabeth and Huck? I forgot. Remember when we watched Huck's origin story? 
and she was part of the military and they were supposed to kill all those people. And she didn't. She ended up killing all of the military people instead. That's why they sent her on that mission. I'm thinking about it now. That's why they sent her on that mission, because it was either that or they were probably going to court martial and kill her. And they probably sent her away at Elizabeth's request. Okay, you need to go undercover. You need to do this for us. And then maybe we'll wipe your slate. That's probably what it was. And that's why Huck is probably so keen on doing whatever it is that Elizabeth tells her because she done already fucked up one time. I can see it. I just thought about that. Now, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. about it because I'm looking at, you know, I'm watching the episode in the background and it's at the part where Iris is out in the woods and she's, you know, she's coming across that one. And I was like, something, I said, oh, that's what the thing was that Huck did. She killed all of her fellow military members rather than kill civilians. She ain't got no problem with Omaha. Well, she wasn't that Omaha. She wasn't. Was she didn't have a problem with that. But she, but she she also didn't know. So Yeah, she didn't know. And if you look at her face when Elizabeth tells them what happened, she looks horrified. So yes. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't think that, yeah, I think Huck is kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. I will give her that much of the benefit of the doubt. Now, the way that she did some things, yes, was shady. But when she took hope, she could have killed Felix and Iris then and there and just took hope the first time. Because remember, they did go off the first time once hope realized what her her mission was. So, yeah, I'm going to be nice and give Huck the benefit of a doubt. But we'll see because she's on a very thin line. But we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, getting back to Iris and her kill, man. So um, she's in the woods and she comes across some CRM people. I guess the CRM people are still looking for Will and um, Romano. That's the other guy's name. I thought they were just doing regular patrols, honestly. I don't know, because why else? They, they really wouldn't need to be on patrol near perimeter. I don't think going, uh, you know, according to their agreement, I think they were looking for Will. No. no, either they were looking for Will or they were, well, I don't know. We know that Hope gets to see her father. She finally does get to see her father. But I don't think they have a priority at this point to look for Felix and Iris. So I think they're out here looking for Will. But either way it goes, <laughs> Iris comes across one of them. He's about to get attacked by a walker. And um, <sighs> Iris. He gets attacked by a Hope. <laughs> By Iris. Man, let me tell you, when she looked at him and she had that flashback of that dream come to her, you know, where she's ripping the walker face off and it's the CRM up under, she was like, it was y'all. That's when I think she really decided in her mind, oh, y'all were the ones who uh, killed Omaha and killed the campus colony. And And I was like, well, that ship has sailed. Iris is now a killer. Full flesh. And then, of course, the episode goes off. That's how they do us every time. Yeah, I know. I know. But, I mean, it was a it was a really good first episode. It was. But now I feel, yeah, like, I feel like it went by so fast. And now I'm like, okay, so now there's only nine episodes left. And I feel like there's going to be so much that happens. And these shows are going to go by so fast. Yeah. And then it's going to be over. And then I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> But we're going to have answers at the end of this, I'm hoping. And we better. Um, what answers exactly? Not sure. But we, we should have some answers. We better. I mean, we're going to have to because you can't end this with not knowing what happened to Rick because you can't bring Jadis back and just be like, oh, well, Rick's gone. No. The whole purpose is, where the fuck Jadis take Rick? Listen. Because you can't introduce her into the trailer because immediately upon seeing Jadis, that's the question. What the fuck is Rick? Same way, immediately upon seeing Virgil, everybody in Alexandria should have been, where is Michonne? She left with you. <laughs> that, that should have been the first question. How is that question unanswered? Well, he probably told, I mean, think about it. By the time they, by, by the time we saw Virgil in Alexandria, he had been there for a minute. So he probably told her either Connie told, because remember she asked the question, in the little notebook that Kelly found. 
But yeah, you're right. I'm like, okay, um, where's Rick? And I think that's the question right now that everybody's asking. Everybody's just like, you know what? what? We don't give a fuck about nothing else. Where's Rick? Hey, where Beyond? Okay, where's Jadis? Where's Rick? Like, Rick? Rick? And you know they're going you know to do the little dumbass hints like um, Jadis going to talk about remember I, I came here with a man. Bitch, we know you talking about Rick. <laughs> They're gonna tease us and they're gonna draw it out. They they never just say, I had Rick Grimes, this guy called Rick Grimes, and blah, 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 blah. No, you know, I came on the helicopter with a man. Because you know they were still saying for a long time that the shows were not gonna cross over. There was there wasn't gonna be any connection. I'm like, whatever. Y'all just saying that because y'all have to say that right now. But whatever. There's no what? way it could not be any connection. You can't do that. You have the CRM in all three shows. So yeah, there's there's no way to ever mm, So we just gonna have to wait and see. Ever. But in the meantime, while we're waiting for them to mention Rick Grimes, things are pretty interesting for our little people here. Now we didn't see Elton in this episode. We didn't see Silas. So I'm hoping we'll see them in the next episode. We didn't see him, but we heard about him. Remember it, it, when Elizabeth and Huck was walking to the car and she was like, to the van or jeep or whatever yeah, we heard, yeah about yeah about silas we haven't heard anything about elton yeah. yet though no but you see she said no loose ends they better not do nothing silas you know what i think huck knows silas ain't the one to fuck with especially since you framed him for murder but silas doesn't know that yet because remember silas left thinking okay maybe i blacked out and and did something to him just like i did with my dad and that poor baby like you deliberately took the one who was worried about being screwed up and you oh yeah so that's that's my little hate for hook i know i said i was giving her the benefit of the doubt but she's still a bitch and she's still dirty and she's <sighs> trash 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 garbage do you hear me she better redeem herself god damn it otherwise i don't know what i'm gonna do <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes the quote unquote bad people have a way of redeeming themselves a little bit in these shows. <laughs> but anyway, so stop making me root for the bad guy, Walking Dead World. I won't necessarily say it's rooting for like, him. We're all rooting for Negan now. I won't even say it's a rooting for him. I think it's more so looking in the mirror. Because again, all of the people on our side. <laughs> have done pretty much the same thing or worse to other people it's just that we feel it more from him because the people that he did it to were the people we cared about you know what i'm saying this was a show about the saviors and rick and his group came in and killed all the saviors that we have true we having a different conversation we and we have said that repeatedly I'm not saying we're rooting for the bad guys. We're just learning to look at things from both sides of the coin. And I'm going to try to do that with Huck as well, even though I still think she's shady. And I think, I don't know. I, I agree you with know, you. I agree. She's shady as hell. I'm just going to say it's going to be interesting if Felix ever she catches shady. up to her. Because I think Felix is going to whoop that ass. Ooh. Like for real, for real. Ooh. You tried to kill my boyfriend or have my boyfriend killed or your mama did, your cousin did. Right. Yeah, he gonna kill. Right, right. You don't fuck with my boo or my kids because them technically was like his kids yeah. while he was watching them for that. Yeah, well, like his sisters. So, like he said, Leo is like his father. They, they, those are his sisters. Exactly. So, <sighs> okay. Hmm. Any final thoughts about this episode? Because we can sit here and talk about what kind of trash hooky is. So we don't want to just we don't want to just ground her in the dirt. Not yet. So we got to give her time to redeem herself. Maybe, maybe redeem. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you know, they always give somebody a redemption period, even if it's just right before we kill them. Yeah. <laughs> and I will be honest, I would rather it be Huck than Elizabeth because I'm sorry, Elizabeth, bitch, you killed over a hundred and how many people how many people did they have on the campus colony? Ten thousand people. So you done killed over a hundred and ten thousand people. No, you don't need a redemption arc. Even Negan ain't that bad. 
you let a whole walker herd go through a city of almost a hundred thousand people. No redemption for you. Yeah, that's if you didn't already go through beforehand and kill everybody. Yeah, because that guy who was crawling up in the uh, grass, he he was looking kind of questionable. They were doing yeah, something. You did something beforehand. Right, because think about it. Leo's girlfriend is conducting experiments on the walkers. So they had to have been doing that there too. Maybe they had their own scientists in Omaha and they were like, hey, we tried this. It didn't work. It matter of fact, it fucked things up. Help, help. And Elizabeth's version of help was, okay, we're just going to kill everybody. Take out the people that we need. So I, I, I don't even know if they took out anybody. So No, take out like they sent Hope and Iris and that little group out. Take the, take out who we need. And they kill oh. everybody. Mm. Shady. Shady, girl. But I guess we'll figure out what's going on in the next few episodes. (sighs) Otherwise, The Walking Dead got some explaining to do. And on that note, (laughs) that's it for our show. You can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Fandom Hybrid. You can listen to the Fandom Hybrid podcast on all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.